Grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. You know, you're not going to believe me, but Julie and I don't collaborate on hymns and scripture all the time. And it's not every day that you sing the scripture that we just heard read. So, you know, in moments like that, um, we say, wow, the Holy Spirit kind of uh, works behind the scenes, whether we know it or not, whether we realize it or not. So I want to start with a scenario this morning. I want you to think about this. I want you to think about... um, that you've had a close friend in your life that lives now maybe across the country or in a different country. Maybe it's a college roommate that you're really close to and now you're separated um, by the country or by, other, by different countries. Or maybe it's a close cousin, somebody from school. For the past 10 years now, you've been sending this person a special Christmas gift. And not just some Christmas gift. You spend time picking that gift out for that person. And you wrap it up special and make it look great. Put a handwritten note inside of it. And mail it off to them. And you've been doing this now for the last 10 years. And thinking about how those gifts are impacting that person's life and making that person's life and existence better. And now, fast forward to this 10 years, now you're going to get together. Decide, well, I'm going to fly out there and I'm going to see him or her and we're going to spend some time together. Spend some time at that house. And so you're, spending, you're on your trip and you're thinking, you know, part of your mind is thinking about those gifts that you've given that person that you've carefully crafted and picked out over the last 10 years, thinking about where are they in the house, how do they use them, how is it, you know, making their life better. So a long plane ride, you finally land and then you got to drive to the, from the airport to the house and you get into the house, it's night, maybe it's in the evening and you're walking around and you're kind of peeking around for some of those gifts and you don't see any of them right away, you don't see anything right away. Uh, maybe tomorrow morning, you know, it's a little lighter in the house. Walk around in the morning, and now you're full on looking for some of these gifts, and you don't see any of them. You don't see one of them. And now the curiosity gets a little better of you, and thinking, are they around here anywhere? And you start thinking, you start peeking, you start looking around, and you finally find them. And you find them kind of hidden away, and it looks like this is where you find them. A closet, neatly stacked on the shelves, all ten of them still unopened. Now, if you can sort out the feelings that you might be experiencing when you witness something like that right now, I mean, after all, you still have a good relationship. You talk to each other all the time. Obviously, you're visiting out there, so you have a great relationship going on. But when you see those gifts stacked up in the closet like that, here's where I'm going with this this morning. That's exactly how God feels, what the feelings that God experiences with most of his people, with most of his followers, with most of his believers, He's given us very carefully chosen, extremely useful gifts, and we have left them unopened. Sitting, leave the closet up there, sitting on the closet shelves of our minds, of our existence. And I would say this is an understatement. I'm going to try to overstate an understatement. To say that, that history's greatest untapped source of power, untapped source of direction, are the spiritual gifts that the creator of the universe is given to those who have put their trust in him. And it's time that we start a new, we're flipping over a lot of new leaves this fall, right? Our formerly known as Sunday school program is going to look completely different. Our youth program is going to look completely different. I want a complete different approach to us here at Grace. And it's time that we here at Grace start unwrapping the gifts that God has given us, the gifts that we already possess. We've been storing them very neatly on the closet shelves of our lives and our existence. 
So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a couple of weeks. We're going to start a series on this, on talking about the spiritual gifts that God has given us. What are spiritual gifts? How do they work? We're going to take a couple of weeks to unpack and, yes, unwrap those gifts that God has given us, those amazing gifts that the giver of life, the giver has given to you. We're going to try to look at them from his point of view. And as you saw on the title slide, God gives us those for a purpose. Gives us these gifts for a purpose. I got the title for this, for this message today from Ephesians 4.12. It looks like this. What are the spiritual gifts for? Well, they're for the equipping of the saints. What for? Well, for the work of ministry, for the work of building up the body of Christ. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. That word equipping is an interesting word for this morning. That word equipping means complete. Means that, they, that God gives us these gifts to make us complete. And they, they are literally fitted, right? That you are sized up as if you're at the tailor standing there on that little block, you know, as they measure you and they fit everything right to you. That's how God says he does, what he does with his spiritual gifts to you. It's not the big hopper, you know, like the ping pong ball, I mean the, the bingo balls coming out and uh, who got B7? No, God says, you know what? I know you. I know you so well. I knew you before the, I created the world. I know what you're going to be good at, and I know what gift is going to be perfect for you. Maybe I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves here. So let's, I think we first need to remember um, that these are indeed gifts from God. right? And as then we look at the aspect of the gifts, we can't get the full impact until we get the full impact of who God is. Get the full impact of the giver himself. That's why we read from the book of James. Donna read from the book of James this morning. I want to just talk about that a little bit. Verse 17. It says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Okay, so that means that God never changes. He tells us that in scriptures all over the place. I am the Lord your God. I am who I say I am. You can trust me. You can understand that. You can rely on that every time, all the time. But he says, now we need to know about these gifts. These gifts are good, and these gifts are perfect. Look at that. These gifts are perfect, right? That word perfect means complete. Same as equipping in Ephesians 4.12. Right? So every gift from God is meant to equip us, to complete us, that has been perfectly fitted to you, been perfectly sized up to you. Good and perfect gifts, and God doesn't change. So not only has God created you, but he has lavished these gifts on you. It's important for us to actually remember that. It's actually imperative that we remember that these gifts are for the equipping of the saints, right? And he talks about that a little bit further. I just want to look at James 18 now, 118. He chose to give us birth, right? He created you, right? Chose us to give us birth through the word of truth, that we may be a kind of first fruits of all he created, Okay, so that we can be the ones that make a difference. He's giving us, he's created us, and he's equipped us to make a difference in his kingdom. So often we talk about our own salvation, and we talk about it in a, in a lounge chair sitting on the beach, sipping a pina colada with our hands back, you know, that's it. That's my, no, God says, okay, now it's when the work starts. Now it's when the time we start to get out there. You say, what am I supposed to do? Well, he says, well, you know what? There's some cool boxes on the shelf that you haven't opened up yet that maybe would come in handy right now, so let's talk about some of those. I want to be quick to point out here that this picture of God's 
um, incredible generosity goes beyond, far beyond the specific gifts, the specific um, spiritual gifts or gifts of the Spirit that we see listed in Scripture. This is easy to remember. This is, like I said, we're going to take a couple weeks, so I'm going, to, I'm going to kind of 101 us here. If we want to talk about spiritual gifts, because you're probably looking at me thinking, I've heard that before, but I really don't have a handle on any of it, right? I, I know maybe a couple of things. Well, there's, uh, there's four places in Scripture where God really lays out his plan for our spiritual gifts, and it's really easy to remember. Not only am I a word guy, I'm a number guy, too. So it's kind of cool how he lays this out. If you go to Romans 12, right? Romans 12, you're going to see a list, and you're going to see some ex- explanations about spiritual gifts. Also now 12, 1 Corinthians 12, is if that's not easy enough to remember, right? You're going to see a lot about spiritual gifts. You're going to see how they're laid out there. Now there's four places. The other one is Ephesians 4, and not so coincidentally, I don't think, is 1 Peter 4. So now that you've been taking meticulous notes, you can go home now and you can remember those four places. And if you're not taking notes, I'm going to ram this down your... Th- thought process. Because <laughs> seriously, it's, there's a problem, and I'm going to talk about the problem coming up here again in a second. But again, we say that God gives us good and perfect gifts, James 1.17. That word perfect, like I said, means complete, means that we're lacking in nothing, right? Every good and perfect gift. Now, that means that those gifts are making us complete, and we might not feel like that all the time, but we're lacking in nothing because of the gifts that God gives us, the good and perfect gifts that God gives us. So when we say that God gives us those perfect gifts, when we say it, it includes, like I said, but it's not limited to those spiritual gifts listed in where? Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. Well, you thank Jennifer for helping you out on that one. There's going to be a quiz again on that later. But it's God's desire that these gifts that he provides, it's his desire that they be brought into the world that he created to be part of the, the renewal of the, word, of the world that he's looking at. The same thing that we're talking about here in, in our, our own little church right here. This fall, you know, we're going to do a lot of things differently. We're going to do things that we've been doing, but we're going to just make them look differently. So God wants those gifts to be unwrapped and brought into the world. But you know, here's the thing. We got an enemy. We call him Lucifer sometimes. His plan is to keep you from opening those gifts. His plan is to make it look really good sitting there on the shelf. And why would you want to ruin that? Why would you want to mess with any of that? Why would you want to open it up? He wants it just sitting there left unopened sitting on that shelf. And we do that. And we do that, and it's, it's not our own fault exactly, because it's, it's really easy for us to underestimate the importance of God's gifts. I'm going to say that again. It's easy for us to underestimate the importance of God's gifts. We just look at them and think, that was really cool. And then we just leave them as these unopened boxes, these unopened packages, stacked up in the closets of our, of our minds, the closets of our existence. Because on the surface, we might not recognize a need or a place for these spiritual gifts that we're going to be talking about. And this is an issue of awareness, awareness, awareness. Anybody ever been in the real estate business? What's the three most important things in real estate? Location, 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 right? 
The most important thing about spiritual gifts is awareness, awareness, awareness. Because there's three things that we're just not aware of. Number one, we're not even aware that they exist. Number two, we're not aware that we possess them. And number three, we're not aware of their intended purpose. We've talked about all of those kind of together. Because you've kind of got, you got to keep them all together at the same time. It's not why we're not going down like sometimes we do with, with three points like that. We're keeping these together, but that's where we're going with this. We're not aware that these spiritual gifts exist. Heard about them, you know, kind of like we hear about some things in history that we're not too sure about either. But we're not aware that we possess them. And we're not aware of why we possess them. What's their intended purpose? So we keep those three things going back, right? So we're aware that these gifts exist. We could go back to the verses that we talked about here a few minutes ago. Maybe we're aware that we possess them, but I want, everybody possesses at least one spiritual gift, but I want to do that from Scripture. I don't want you just to take my word for it. Because Paul lays this out a lot. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Because you might be thinking, you know, if I go to 1 Corinthians 12, how do I know where the section is on spiritual gifts? Well, look at the verse 1. He says, brothers and sisters, that's you, brethren. I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. I love that word, ignorant. That word, Greek word for ignorant. Um, it's actually a compound word with the prefix, prefix a in front of it. It's in opposite, you know, we use that in our language. Um, we say something is, is typical. Uh, or we might put the A in front. We say something is atypical. right? Or we use the word atheist. Or if we're talking about our drummer, we talk about arrhythmical. Scott's not here this morning, is he? Yeah. Uh, shout out to Scott real quick. right? So let's get the prefix A in front of it. Okay, so the second half of that Greek compound word is naeo. Okay, now naeo is a, is a very interesting word. It's got a lot of depth to it. It means a couple of things. Um, on the surface, it means to perceive something or to understand something. So if we turn Paul's statement around a little bit and don't use the negative, we use a positive, Paul would say, I want you to understand this. I want you to perceive this. I want you to be aware of this. But if we stopped there, we're not getting what Paul's putting down. We're not picking up what Paul's putting down. We have to go a little bit far, farther with that. Paul says here, if we, again, if we, take, if we put in the positive instead of the negative that he's talking in, um, he wants, it means to think upon something. Brothers and sisters, I want you to think about spiritual gifts. I want you, the old word is ponder. I want you to ponder these spiritual gifts. I want you to consider these spiritual gifts. Right? So he's laying it out there saying it's not something to you know, just sweep under the rug. It's not something to, to close up in the closet. No, it's something to bring out in the open. It's something to talk about. It's something to learn about. And that's what we're doing this morning. Right? We're perceiving. We're understanding. We're getting aware of it. But that's not where it stops. That's where it starts. Paul says we've got to talk about it. We've got to think about it. We've got to ponder it. We've got to consider these spiritual gifts. So again, now if we think about the four places where the spiritual gifts are, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4. All right, 1 Peter 4, 10 says it like this. As each one has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Okay, once again, a lot going on here. Take that word received, for example. Um, nothing special about or surprising about it. I don't have to break it down. It's not a compound word or anything. Uh, in English or in Greek. 
Except for this. Obviously, it's a verb, right? It's a verb. A verb shows action. One of my favorite things to do in when I'm reading the Bible is to look at see and see if that verb is a passive verb or it's an active verb, right? To see if you're the object of the verb, if something's being done to you, or if you're the subject of the verb, you're doing something. Well, if you look at this, and based on what I just said, and if we went over it for a few minutes, you would probably think that word received is something passive, something that happens to you, right? Because you're given a gift, but that's not how it's used here. This is something that has to be actively done to receive that gift, to do something with it, to actually take on that one. You are the subject of the verb here. In other words, it's up to you to do that action, to initiate the action. So I don't have, you know, two hours or, or even 45 minutes here to really unpack everything, but I'd really show you a couple of other verses that talk about this, talk about how you have to do the action, right? Right now, you've received, already had that spiritual gift that's probably sitting on a shelf someplace all wrapped up, and you may not even, might not even be aware of what's in the box. But God says, no, you've got to open that box, and you've got to own it, and you're the one that has to do it. Because that's how it's going to come out, and that's how it's going to happen, and that's how it's going to change his kingdom. That's how it's going to change actively his kingdom. So it says here, if you haven't actively opened that box, and it's just sitting there. As opposed to other times when we, we see that word received. I couldn't help but just throw this in. Um, John twenty twenty two, I think it is. Is it not John twenty twenty two? Jesus said uh, this to the disciples. Right? And when Jesus said this, I realize it's kind of out of context at the moment, but you'll get it here. He breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now this receive is passive. This is something that Jesus does for you. This is Jesus saying, I am giving you, I'm putting my Holy Spirit inside of you. Now when we receive that gift, it's something, it's an action on our part. So it goes both ways. Jesus says, here I'm giving you the Holy Spirit. Now he's saying, you need to take that Holy Spirit, you need to take that spiritual gift, and you need to open it, and you need to do something with it. But back to that idea in Peter in 1 Peter 4.10. I use that verse because it kind of covers all those um, awareness questions that I talked about. Are we aware that these gifts exist? Are we aware that we possess these gifts? Are we aware of the purpose of these gifts? Well, 4.10 says, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Which might help us answer the question that I get a lot. I don't know if you get it as much as I do, but I get a lot of people um, within this church, within the community, in different places saying, you know, what's wrong with the church? Well, I guess my answer is always the same. Well, you know, just like everything else, there's a lot of things that we could do better. There's a lot of things wrong with the church. Name the problem, and I guarantee you can find um, that problem in church. Now, when I say church, sometimes I mean capital C, and sometimes I mean lowercase c. Capital C means the church, believers across the world. Lowercase means this church, or, or smaller churches. Different congregations, different denominations, a variety of problems. You know, sometimes um, when I'm not here, I'm at a different church, and uh, people invite me, and I come in and... And I listen, and sometimes um, it seems like we don't have time to get to Scripture. It seems like we don't, I mean, we hear great stories, 
great analogies and things, but it's like I, want, I really want to dig into some of, of God's words here. And maybe, maybe other churches or the church itself maybe has lost its, um, you know, its mission, lost our evangelism. And sometimes we just focus on the people that, are, that we maybe call members. But, and there's lots of different things um, that we could say is a, a problem or the problem with, with the church or the church, right? But all of those are just symptoms. Everything we would come up with are just symptoms, or the, church, or the Bible would call them manifestations, the way, things, um, uh, the, the way things come out to be seen, as the Bible calls them. But the root cause for most, if not all the issues in our churches or in the church, whether it be a doctrinal issue or a you know, deep-seated issue between members or of the church or the community, the root cause of that disease is a lack of awareness of spiritual gifts. We can't use what we can't, and we can't put into practice what we don't know. We can't use it if we don't know about it. We can't put it into practice if we're not aware of it. And when we're not pondering, as Paul said, we're not perceiving, we're not thinking about it or considering it, we're not using it. Like I said at the top, of our service, um, Jared did a wonderful job last week about talking about uh, the parable of the talents. That's a parable, by the way. Then, and Jesus even says, you know, listen to this parable. A parable is an earthly story with a kingdom lesson. That's the definition of a parable. Earthly story with a kingdom lesson. Got to be very careful when we do these things because the Bible does not link parable of the talents to spiritual gifts in any way. And further, the thing I want you to understand, the thing I want you to hear, though, is that the Bible doesn't say that you can lose a spiritual gift. It's not a use it or lose it kind of thing. God doesn't say that if you don't use your spiritual gift, I'm going to give it to the person who is using their spiritual gift. It doesn't work that way. God says if you're you're not using your spiritual gift, then that gift is not being used. And the church is suffering. And the community is suffering. And the body of Christ is suffering if we're not using it, if it's sitting there in that closet. Even if we're not aware that they exist. But not, if we're not using them, we're not, we're not doing, again, it's capital C for church. The church is suffering and the small C church is functioning. Just not functioning right. Kind of we're limping along. And here's the problem with that. And here's, I think, the root of it. As we come to church and as we sit in these pews and as we listen to a person standing up here talking or or reading, we become consumers. But that's not how God designed the church. Not for you to be a consumer. He designed the church for you to be a contributor. To contribute to what things are going on, the things that are going on. Maybe even bringing new things to go on. Not to sit back and just be the consumer and eat the meal and not worry about the dishes when we're done. And when I was thinking about this, it kind of reminded me of a story. And another shout out to Art Paulson. He said, anytime I hear a story, it's going to be used in a sermon illustration. This one's going to fit. It was a story about seagulls. Um, And I think it was actually, I think it was, this title was, A Lesson from the Gulls. Okay, so see, there's this group of seagulls off the coast of, of St. Augustine. Now, this, if you know that area, it ironically is uh, an incredibly rich area in sea life and marine life. 
especially shrimp, and that's what happened when people were shrimping all over. It's a major short, a source of shrimp for food all over the world, and shrimp is a major source of food for seagulls. Okay, so they started starving. These, fi- these seagulls started starving to death near the St. Augustine, but not because there was a lack of shrimp. There was enough shrimp for them to go around. They weren't starving because of lack of shortage or food shortage. They were starving because they had forgotten how to fish. Sounds kind of crazy until you think about how it went on. See, they depended on this fleet of shrimp fishing boats. I don't know what you call those, but people that went out to fish for shrimp. And then when they would empty their nets, all the scraps and all the extra stuff and the things that they didn't want, the, the seagulls would come and they would gorge themselves on the scraps and the waste from those nets from that fleet. Well, for reasons I don't quite understand and I don't think is important, that fleet moved from St. Augustine to Key West. And the birds lost their meal ticket and they began to starve. Not because of a lack of food, not because of a lack of abundance, but because they had lost their natural ability to fish because they hadn't been using it. Simply forgot how to do it. Now, remember what I said about old Lucifer who doesn't want you to open those packages that are in your closet? He wants you to kind of forget about all that. And we as a group of seagulls, as we start to forget all of that, we start to perish in different ways. Satan will hand out enough scraps, make us think we're on the right track, make us think that more, other different things are more important than what we're doing here we can get our mind distracted on these shiny objects and not do the things that Paul said and ponder on these things, if we can be thinking about something else and filling our time with something else, then Satan's done. He's thinking, now all i got to do is get rid of that shrimp boat and they're toast. Because these seagulls, think about that. They're designed, God designed them to do this. And yet, they had no idea that they were supposed to be doing it. They were not aware of how they were supposed to be doing it. We're going to end up like those seagulls. So that's what the spiritual gifts are like to the church. If we're not using them, we're not talking about them, we're not pondering about them, we're going to end up like those seabirds. Again, designed specifically to fish for those shrimp, but simply just forgot how to do it. God designs us to further his kingdom. God gives us these special gifts that are tailor-made for you to edify the body, to bring his word out into the world, to bring up the knowledge of Christ, to speak about one another, to uh, encourage one another and build each other up, right? That's what it is for the building of the body of Christ. That's what he says this is all about. So like I said, I think it's, a, it's an issue of awareness. Are we aware actually that these gifts exist? Are we aware that we possess them? Are we aware of their purpose? So that's what we're going to be talking about in the next couple of weeks. We got Rally Sunday coming up, so we might put it off for a little bit. We got Confirmation Sunday, but we are going to get into this. We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about how we fit into it and how God's gifts fit into us and how when we use those gifts, when we unwrap those gifts, when we start owning those gifts, when we start receiving those gifts in an active way, in an intentional way, we are going to change the kingdom of God from the inside out. Who's with me? (laughs) 
Amen. Let's stand, please.